Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I thank you so much for joining us today. I got a special guest on my program today. He's on the board of directors, but he's a longtime uh, participant down at the Union Gospel Mission. I am grateful that over the years uh, since I first met Ed, he became my friend. We have a lot of exciting things that are going on at the mission, not the least of which is As many of you know, we have a building that we use for transitional housing for the guys. So some of the men come on the program, and when they graduate the program, they get an additional about 90 days if they're looking for a job or they need to find housing. And so we have a a house in the Del Paso Heights area that, that we have, and we transition some of the guys. It's getting a little bit older, well, a lot older uh, it was built in the 40s, and so we need to get the the house retrofitted. And it's coming to that point where we're getting some contractors to give us some advice about what the best way to go is. Because we want the, the home not to just last for another five years or another 10 years, but we want it to be something that's growing and moving men through on a regular basis, something that will help them. You know, one of the things that we always talk about, and one of the things that Uh, is pivotal in the minds of most people is we see the homeless out on the street and they're in the doorways and they're they're in the alleyways and we get flustered and frustrated. They move across the street slowly in front of us or they put trash on the ground and everybody seeks what the answer is to homelessness. Well, I don't think there's ever going to be, as I said before, there's never going to be a complete answer to a homeless situation. First of all, Jesus himself said, the poor you will always have with you. So we're always going to have people that, that are struggling economically. The people out on the street, there's a, vast major, or there's a vast diversity in what causes homelessness, whether it's drugs, alcohol, uh, whether it's mental illness. In some cases, it's just, it is laziness sometimes. But that's why you can't address the homeless problem with one single solution because there's too many different problems. Even within the mentally ill, there is three or four or five or ten different categories of people that you can reach out to. The several things that we can do at the Union Gospel Mission is we, because of you, your donations and uh, of clothing and uh, food and uh, mon- monetarily, Over the years, we've been able to feed the homeless. We've been able to clothe them. But that's simply not enough. One of the things that is the greatest part of the Union Gospel Mission is the message that goes out 365 days a year, which my friend Ed over here, he and his church have participated in many years. He's delivered messages down there, is offering the transforming power of Jesus Christ to people who have no hope in in anything. Uh. And so we have 24 men that live with us on our drug and alcohol rehabilitation program. And it's not just drugs and alcohol, but there's all kinds of things that people need to be recovered from. And so on our recovery program, we tell them all day long, 
for nine months about Jesus' transforming abilities. We have counselors that are trained neuthetic or biblical counselors who counsel them about addiction, that counsel them uh, about the heartbreak, about families that are lost, about all the things. And we try to instill in these guys, as we're going through this, this sense that you need to pay for the things that you've done, you need to be an upright citizen, and you need to be a participant and not just somebody taking from society. Moreover than any of this other thing is the fact that when they fall in love with Jesus Christ, just like the guy in the penthouse, the guy in the penthouse drinking 50-year-old scotch isn't any better than the guy out on the street if neither one of them know Jesus Christ. Their circumstance is a little bit better. Their destination is the same. And so having said all those things, that's why I say this transitional housing. And as the months and weeks go on, when we get closer, when we start really doing it, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later today. But the bottom line is it's an exciting thing because we want to try to provide for these guys and transition them smoothly from living at the mission to a transitional housing to helping them to get their apartments and jobs and stuff so that they become functional members of society. So it's just like, you know, the old saying, if you, <laughs> if you want to uh, get rid of an enemy, the best way is to make them a friend. Well, the best way to get rid of a homeless person is to make him not homeless. <laughs> and that's not, and don't misunderstand, I don't believe you just do that by supplying housing. It needs to be a whole comprehensive program. And so having said that and done our introduction here, I would like to introduce to you Ed Doonan. And uh, Ed Doonan, uh, you've, uh, this is your first time on the air here, isn't it? It sure is. <laughs> okay, good. And uh, when did you first start coming down to the mission? You know, it's been so long now, I can't even remember. Probably uh, at least 10, 12 years, maybe. I was going to say, I can't remember Tuesday, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been quite a while. All right, and, and so you've been coming down with a couple of different churches over these years, right? Yes, and now I, I, I fellowship at uh, Bridgeway Church in Roseville, and we have missional communities at Bridgeway, and the missional community that I'm part of does the chapel service on the second Friday night of uh, each month, so we'll be down there this uh, tomorrow night. And, you know, that is a blessing. Uh, the church that I started coming down with many, many years ago, 25 years ago, uh, was uh, Bell Road Baptist up in Auburn, and we were coming down uh, once a month on the fourth Saturday of the month. And, you know, you, you're, you're an hour away, you're tired, it's Saturday night, I don't want to work outside all day and then get in the car. I got to go down and deliver a message or, or, and I didn't deliver every message. You know, it was, we rotated, but I always found that Sunday morning was much better when I'd been there Saturday night. Do you find that kind of, uh, applies to you too? It does. And it, and it also, uh, when you go down there, you know, month after month after month, and then you see, Guys get into the program, and uh, that that nine month uh, transformational program is just uh, it's a miracle. And uh, interesting when I'm when I'm teaching down at the mission on the the second Friday night, uh, I'm going through the chronological list of Christ's miracles, 
because yeah, uh, that's what the that's what the mission does. Is it mm-hmm. uh, it uh, it provides uh, help helps guide these guys, and uh, and we we really see them transformed. And uh, I've I've witnessed this for a long period of time. Yeah, myself as well. So. Tell me something. You didn't always know about the Union Gospel Mission, did you? I mean, you just didn't say, hey, one day, you know what? I'm going to go down to the Union Gospel Mission. So how did you come to even find out about the mission? Well, I think part of it was uh, hearing you. You were on the radio for quite some time. And and we started hearing about this at church. Mm. And uh, it was kind of interesting because— I worked for the sheriff's department most of my life, and so I had probably a little different view uh, of the world than most people do. And so when we started coming down to the mission, all of a sudden I started seeing how people can truly be changed. And uh, and so that got us, my wife and I both, even more interested in the mission. And it's so it's kind of grown over a number of years, and, and now I've been on the board down there for several years. And so it's just one of those things that when you when you see the results of what's going down there, uh, it makes you want to become more involved with it. You know, that's uh, it's good to hear that you heard me on the radio and still came anyway. <laughs> but you know, I, I am grateful for our friendship as well. Uh, Ed came on to the board of directors. I, I don't even know how many years ago, but quite a few now. Right? It's been a Three or while, four or five, I don't know. But don't you know, know what? When you're doing something that you that you see uh, results and you get a lot of satisfaction of you, one year just kind of rolls on into the other. And it so does, you don't, yeah. You don't, you don't even think about the amount of time yeah. that it was. Yeah, I, uh, I, I've been, and many of you out there who do listen know that, <laughs> you know, for many years before I was called into the ministry, I, I did commercial air conditioning and that type of stuff. Uh, there has never been anything in my life that I have done, excepting, of course, I, I still pastor after all these years a small church. But the ministry, there's nothing greater that I have ever done. And I don't mean that in the sense that I'm great or that I've done great things. I mean, I am I'm humbled and grateful to be called into a ministry like the ministry that we serve in. Uh, and I believed uh, several years ago when I approached Ed, and I approached him, and then I think it was another year before uh, I approached him again about coming on the board of directors because I had, I had gotten to know who he was and what he was doing and everything. And I would venture to say that, uh, tell me, do you, do you feel that blessing when you're serving on the board? Daily. You know, when you... Uh when you come down to the mission, uh, our our board meetings are in the evening. But you get down there early, and and particularly you see the the program guys, and and you see over that period of time how much they change. And uh, and sometimes when they come in, when they first get in the program, or if they're coming to chapel service, um, you you see a kind of a deadness in their eyes, and it's like. I've said before, it's like the lights are on, but nobody's home. Mm-hmm. And once they get into the program and and uh, and start becoming engaged in the teaching and the fellowship with mm-hmm. the other program guys, 
fellowship with the staff. Um, it's just, you just, you see that miracle. You see that miracle occurring. And, uh, uh, and it really is interesting to see uh, how people have been transformed. And, uh, and again, from my background, you, you know, I haven't seen an awful lot of transformation, but mm-hmm. now, you know, you see, you see it's a miracle, a miracle occurs right in front of your eyes. When you first came down to the mission, you said that you had uh, spent many years at the sheriff's department. And, and so I know that the proximity to, to all the things that go on has a tendency for all of those that work in a public, uh, you know, closely with the public, especially guys and, and gals that may not be doing exactly the, what they should be doing, it tends to make us a little jaded. So it's curious that you would come to the Union Gospel Mission because certainly that's a place where there's a lot of people who are broken, who have done a lot of things. But I've always sensed from you, and maybe I'm wrong, but I've always sensed that that has helped keep you from being jaded about the hurting and the lost and the broken people that we serve. It certainly helps, but but the other thing that's that again is part of that transformation. It's, it's kind of interesting. Um, it's kind of a short story, but uh, one of my positions when I was in the sheriff's department, I was the commander of the main jail, and uh, and then years later, when I was down at the mission, I met a guy that was graduating from the program, and we got to talking, and. Uh, he had been an inmate in the main jail the same time I was the commander at the main jail. Hmm. And, uh, and, of course, we didn't know each other then because there was a couple thousand inmates and, and me being the commander. He went on to go to prison for 13 years, and I went on to other things of my career. And I retired and uh, started coming down to the mission. He got out of, the prison, out of prison, went through the program, and... Uh, now we're pretty close. Uh, we play golf together pretty regularly, and uh, and so again, that's just kind of a, mm. a little twist that God has a plan for our lives, and He only unveils it a little bit at a time. And yeah, uh, that's right. And uh, and if I think back now on, you know, when I first started working for the sheriff's department, you know, I spent thirty five years there, and uh, I could never ever believe. What would have happened during that period of time, and then what would have happened uh, since then? No, oh. it it you know the Union Gospel Mission. It's not the Union Gospel Mission, but it's the presence of Christ at the Union Gospel Mission it has a tendency to transform not only the guys that are on the program, but those that serve at the mission as well. I can tell you, over the twenty-five years coming down there, there was a transformational. Yes, I was a believer. Yes, I was in Christ. I was those things. But my relationship with with the homeless, with people who are broken, was greatly, it was changed. It was enhanced. It was, uh, I no longer saw them the way I did when I was driving in the different cities, you know, doing commercial air conditioning and stuff, and I would see the homeless, and I had compassion for them, but I had no real understanding. And so... 
I see the growth in the people there, but I see the growth as far as the understanding of the homeless in the people that serve as well. Have you noticed that with the people that you bring down? Well, particularly with our uh, our missional community from Bridgeway um, to a person over the period of time that we've been coming down there, um, every one of them says it's it's more of a blessing for them than mm-hmm. for the people that we're serving. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so when we get down there, um, a lot of times you'll see some of the same people yeah. over and over again. And as we finish the message, we'll say, anybody that, that needs prayer, if they come up to the left-hand side of the, the mm-hmm. podium there, you know, one of us uh, will be there. And, uh, and people come up and they'll ask for prayer. Yeah. And, uh, and just a month ago, I had a, a a guy come up that asked for prayer, and I'd been praying with him for several months before that. And every time that I was praying for him, he had a strong odor of alcohol about him. Last month when I saw him, he didn't have any alcohol on him. And he told me that he was now participating in a church. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I said, hey, you know what? Miracles happen every day. Yeah, and uh, and mm-hmm. and I'm I'm this coming Friday night. I'm looking forward to seeing him. You know, it's funny too because you have uh, many times articulated in, uh, about the starfish thing that that we've and I've told you. I don't know if you know. This is a test to see if he actually listens to this radio show. <laughs> but I've many times uh, told that story that you had told about the old man walking down the beach. And he sees a young man, a boy, throwing starfish back in the ocean after a hurricane. And there are literally millions of starfish up on the beach. And the kid's throwing the starfish back in. The older man asks, well, son, what are you doing? And he says, well, he said, I'm throwing these starfish back in the ocean because they can't make it on their own. And, and if I don't, they'll die. And the old man says, son, there is millions of starfish. You just can't make a difference. He said, mm, I can make a difference for this one. And that's the principle that we function under too. We can't, we can't change every single aspect of the world, but we can introduce them to the one that can. And you know what? If one, 10, 100 people becomes a believer, a follower, a child of the living God who is transformed and totally transformed by the power of the gospel, then all of it's worth it, isn't it? Well, sure. And and uh, and again, what particularly program people, but even the folks that come in for the nightly chapel service and meal service, what they see there is some compa- some consistency and and caring for their well being and. Uh, and oftentimes, those folks, they haven't had any consistency in their life. They've, they're broken for any of a number of reasons. And one of the things that we can do at the mission show them that, that we have compassion for them, and, but structure. And, uh, and, and it's amazing uh, how, how well or how such a transformation occurs to just to have some order in their lives. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, when the guys get on the program, uh, you know, for when they first get on the program, uh, 
no cell phones, no contact with the outside <laughs> world, um, all of those sort of things that, you know, that all of a sudden, you know, they're getting up at a certain time and they're going to bed at a certain time. And those are things that maybe they haven't done for a long, long time. And, uh, and, and that kind of helps them grow. Uh, I absolutely agree with you. Um, on the program, and this is one of the biggest delights that I have, and I know you run into this too. First of all, people from the street, out of prison, those things, regardless of what you think about their past, where they've been, or what they know, one thing is they become very attuned to what they like to refer to sometimes as the real deal. <laughs> you know, And if you're not the real deal, if you really don't care about them, they know. You know, it can't be just a job. It can't be just, well, how many numbers do we have this month uh, that we've graduated? And how many were sober up until this date? And after that, we don't really care because we, we've got our statistics. No, it can't be like that. It's amazing to me, and it happens all the time after all these years. I've been 15 years as the director out at the Union Gospel Mission. And I will get a guy, former gangbanger, who who's covered with tattoos and, and all those kind of things, and he'll walk up and he'll say, hey, you know, I love you, Pastor. <laughs> it almost brings tears to my eyes every time because I care about these men. I care about their welfare. I care about their, their ongoing sobriety, but not just so they're, they're sober and clean and go off to hell. I want them to have an eternity walking with the Savior. I know it transforms it transforms people that we've brought down there. They're listening to the message. They're watching the, the so-called homeless people. We call them guests at the mission. And they're hearing the message, and they're seeing the reality. And to your point, yeah, some of these people that are out on the street are generational. There's a, a, a woman out there. I watched her grow up over the last 25 years, never left the street. Her mother brought her out there when she was little. And she's still out there. She knows no other way. Um, a lot of a lot of cool things do happen, though. Yeah, um, one, of the, one of the things I remember, one of the one of our program guys, I was talking to him, mm -hmm. and it was about the time he was graduating. And one of the things that at the mission, a lot of times people will donate cars to us, and this particular program guy was graduating, and so he had gotten a job. And we were going to give him one of the cars that had been donated to us. And he was, saw him down there and he was washing this kind of old car, but he was washing it and polishing it. And he told me that it was the first time that he had ever driven a car that he owned, first time that he ever had a driver's license, and the first time he ever had insurance. <laughs> and, uh, and so I thought that was, that was interesting. And, and, and he wasn't a youngster either. He was probably 50 years old. And uh, he told me the, the only other cars he ever drove were stolen. <laughs> well, we get, we're, uh, we're just about out of time. We just got you know, about 45 seconds left. I'd like you to stay over, and, and I'd like to do another segment if you're willing to. Uh, I'd like uh, you to talk to you a little bit more about this, but I know the individual you're talking about. <laughs> and that's not an uncommon story to hear that, so, Ed, I, I truly appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, I would like you to stay over for one more show. So if well, you're willing. I, 
I'm willing. It's certainly an honor to uh, spend time with you here on the radio. Yeah, cool. I spend time with you other places than here, but sure. it's, it's interesting to be here. Thank you. Usually, like most Baptists, we spend time at eating. <laughs> All right. So, as always, my dearest friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.